We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my friends. I hope you're having a beautiful day, and I'm so honored you're spending some of it here with us on Journey to Center. So I have a question for you. Have you ever been told that you're too sensitive? Or do you sometimes just know when someone around you isn't feeling good? Or have you ever found yourself feeling overwhelmed and exhausted when you don't get enough alone time? I know this has certainly been the case for me, and I used to think my sensitivity was a curse. But now I see it as a blessing, and I'm so grateful for the innate quality of empathy and compassion. So if you're ready to improve all of your relationships, including the one with yourself, I know you're going to receive great value from my conversation with Carla McLaren. You're going to learn a lot about the positive qualities and extraordinary skill of empathy. Carla McLaren is an internationally respected expert on the topic of emotions and has taught at such venues such as the University of San Francisco, Omega Institute, Europa University, Kripalu Center, and the Association for Humanistic Psychology. Carla has also been a prison arts educator, educator, is a certified human resource administrator, and a certified career development facilitator. Carla is currently pursuing her master's in education and focusing her thesis on developing new forms of social interaction and empathy curricula for neurologically diverse people. In addition to all of this, Carla McLaren is also an award-winning author with some of her books, including The Language of Emotions, Energetic Boundaries, Your Aura and Your Chakras, The Owner's Manual, Becoming an Empath, and The Art of Empathy, A Complete Guide to Life's Most Essential Skill. So, Carla, thank you so much for being here with us today on Empower Radio. Thank you. So that is really quite a statement life's most essential skill. So can we just start with what exactly empathy is from your perspective? That's a good question. <laughs> just a little question right out of there. Yeah, when I was doing the research for the book, I got sort of overwhelmed because there's a lot of, um, it's, a, it's a very active area of research and there isn't a lot of agreement. Um, then... As I was trying to say, okay, so what is empathy, everybody? I couldn't get anybody to really say what it was. There were a lot of people getting sort of close to it, but then they would fight about this or that piece of it. Um, is it just feeling emotion from others, or is it creating an action based on what you have sensed in the desires of another? Um, and how does that happen? And uh, I woke up, I thought, how can I even write this book? I don't even know what to say. And I finally realized, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am an empath. I'm one of the first people who ever took that name, um, you know, back in, the, back in the 90s. So I think I know how to write the book. Nobody's going to be picking this book up to read about the fights in the research. They're going to be picking it up to get information on how to manage and deal with empathy. Absolutely. So, you are yeah. the authority here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the proto-empath. You know, so I thought, okay, that's how I write this book. I write it from, you know, certainly relying upon the, the research, but also upon my, you know, 
half century of experience as a hyper empathic person. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is the definition, and it's a little long, but it sort of needs to be. Um, empathy is a social and emotional skill that helps us feel and understand the emotions, circumstances, intentions, thoughts, and needs of others such that we can offer sensitive, perceptive, and appropriate communication and support. Basically, in, in my definition of it, empathy is it's communication. It's understanding others, animals, people, understanding social, the social world, you know, understanding the different social uh, situations we get ourselves into, being aware, essentially, is what I see empathy as. I, I love that so much. And for me, I didn't know I was an empath or empathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one night being out to dinner with some friends and the waiter came over to the table. And for whatever reason, I started waving my hands around as I was placing my order. And I'm looking at my hands going, who are you? I don't <laughs> tend to do that. That's not one of my you know, behaviors. And then the waiter started talking and he was waving his hands around. He waved his hands around the rest of the night and somebody's like oh you're a true empath i was like oh you know it's like you sometimes pick up on things you don't even know you're picking up on Mm -hmm. and that's been really helpful for me it's like if i don't feel good is this mine or is this somebody else's Mm -hmm. you know so that has been a really interesting process because i don't think well let me ask you it ask it this way do you believe a lot of people are naturally highly sensitive and is highly sensitive and, and being an empath the same things are different I think they're similar. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman who who sort of pioneered the highly sensitive person, Elaine Aaron, I think she says, uh, I could be wrong. I wish I was online right now. I think she says between 10 and 20% of people are highly sensitive. So it's not a huge number. Um, but, but I would say those people are also probably empathic as well, empaths. Because to, to be as sensitive to people's emotions, nuances, subtext, undercurrents, intentions, thoughts, social space, right, um, that would mean you're sensitive to your environment in every way. Yes. And I've thought about that in regards to, like, astrology or what's going on with mass consciousness. It's like if you're really sensitive, mm-hmm. sometimes you're picking up on things that are maybe happening in your community, in your state, in the world, you know. Um, so it's, it's an interesting, uh, again, I've referred it, to it as a double-edged sword. At first, I thought it was a cursing, then curse, and then I mm-hmm. thought it was a double-edged sword. Now I see it as a blessing, as long as I know how to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And, and I know I'm familiar with that book, um, The Highly Sensitive Person, and I read it, mm-hmm. and it was helpful. It's like most people aren't necessarily in this category, and especially in our culture in Western um, society, it's not something that we tend to revere as a nation. We like, you know, the sports, we like, you know, the rough and tumble kind of stuff. We like loud music. We, it's an ambitious culture. So mm-hmm. we don't necessarily revere the qualities of, of sensitivity here, mm-hmm. like maybe mm-hmm. some other parts of the world do. Yeah, I noticed there's an interesting movement. I don't know if you're seeing it, but the, uh, there's an introvert, um, extrovert thing going on that I'm seeing a lot of people saying I'm an introvert and here's what introverts are and here's how you respect us and, and that sort of thing. And I, I don't know if I totally agree with the introvert extrovert um, split that there's only two kinds of people in the world. 
Um, but it is interesting to see that coming out as people are identifying themselves as sensitive and saying, here's, here's what this means and here's how you treat me. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that part of the movement. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like that too. Uh, and I do remember hearing about that and it's like, well, if you're an introvert, you replenish by being alone or being mm-hmm. in nature and extroverts replenish by being around other people and again, yeah you know, lots of music or whatever. And yeah, there's probably varying degrees. It's not either or. Yeah. Probably varying degrees. And then I was also referred to as a learned extrovert. Like I'm naturally an introvert, but I've learned how to deal with, you know, our society and culture. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Another title to consider. Uh, um, Who was it who said, it was a poet I saw on stage. He said, "Um, I'm a non-practicing introvert. (laughs) (laughs) That's hysterical. I'm a practicing introvert. (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, you know, I think, again, it's about knowing ourselves and taking care of ourselves, whatever that might look like, without, you Mm -hmm. know, allowing that to be imposed upon us, which, again, is why I love your work so much. It's about helping us understand ourselves in a deeper way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how we end up finding peace and comfort within ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I I notice a lot of people who are highly empathic, um, will sometimes focus so much on other people that they won't check in on their with their own yes. needs. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I know that's true. Like the people pleasers maybe tend to be somewhat empathetic. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's exactly what I was going to ask you. What are some of the challenges that you find associated pretty consistently with being empathetic or being an empath? Being very sensitive to the social environment, being very sensitive to the needs of others and emotions. Um, Sometimes that's also being sensitive to, you know, lights and smells, being physically sensitive, sounds, um, textures, colors. Um, But being very aware of the social world and other people's relationships. One of my favorite things to do is watch people when they don't know I'm watching them. It's, It's like, for me, that's just delightful. I like to sit in a window above the street and just watch people and watch how they behave. Um, I love uh, fiction. I love drama. I love stories about people. I'm really drawn to them. Now, my empathy is focused on people and animals um, and a couple of other different things. But one thing that was really interesting to me when I was doing the research is that the word empathy didn't come into the English language until 1909. And that is very late. For a word to come in, I thought it came in, you know, through the through the Greek or Latin. I thought it came in with, you know, apathy, sympathy, empathy, antipathy. I thought it, you know, it was there, but it actually came from uh, a German word, uh, which is Einfühlung, and Einfühlung was created by German aesthetic movement at, of the time in the late um, in the late nineteenth century. And they were trying to figure out how it is that a person could look at a painting and from this dead piece of canvas with colors on it, pull emotions out of it, and how the painter could put the emotions into the canvas so that they would transfer to another person. How does music move us? How do, how do vistas move us? What is that? And they called it Einfühlung, which is in-feeling or feeling into And that for me was so fascinating because it helped me pull in empathic people who are not identified as such. 
people who are having their empathy, their Einfühlung, not with people or fiction or drama in the way that I do, but with art or mathematics or physics or dance or trains. You know, it's sort of like any intense uh, um, interaction that you see a person having is their Einfühlung, is their empathy. So I, I see empathy not just as something that happens between people, but which happens with art and with other things that just really pull the person's entire being and make that person really come alive. That uh, empathy is not just something that happens between living beings. That's fascinating. You're making me see this whole essential skill as something really different than I've considered before. It's really Mm -hmm. about having an open heart and that sense of connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's your capacity to connect sort of bodily and emotionally to someone or something. And I see it as, you know, we talk about the most essential skill. I also see it as like a most basic skill is our capacity to be alive in this world. And and I know that the way I used to look at empathy was like it was something that you would put on. Like when somebody needed something from you, you would put on your empathy and then you would do, you know, whatever you needed to do. But I don't see it that way anymore, especially with this Einfühlung um, capacity. And and with Einfühlung, then I was able to identify people who are generally exiled from empathy, which would be men and boys. Men and boys are, are considered less empathic than women. And I can't agree with that. But, you know, with Einfühlung, you can see, look at all the ways that men and boys find to engage with the world, even though they've been sort of pushed out of the engagement of emotions and people. You know, men are um, great artists, great actors, great dancers, great cooks, great, you know, they're having their Einfühlung just in places where we're not taught to look for it. Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I love this. And and something I've seen happen a lot with clients, and I've, I've actually done this myself, like if you are sensitive, the world can be really confusing and overwhelming, and we build walls around our hearts to protect mm-hmm. ourselves from feeling too much, which, mm-hmm. you know, I say doesn't just lock the love out, it locks the hurt in. Mm-hmm. So um, to be able to dismantle those walls and live in a place of greater connection and compassion, I think is really, you know, it is, it's the most important thing that we can do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when I, one of the things I wanted to do with this book was make it as accessible to people who have trouble with empathy as it is to people who are hyper empathic. So it wasn't for one side or the other. It's like, <clears throat> let's understand the sweet spot for empathy and know that we can get there from both sides. So, yeah, but if it's when, not natural for somebody, they can still cultivate it and yeah, work, yeah. help them do that. Mm-hmm. And if it's exhausting for somebody, they can calm it down and, and get to this, this, again, this sweet spot, this, this just right place where empathy is comfortable. When people are hyper-empathic and they're just burnt out by the needs of people, I have them turn then to their Einfühlung capacity and go Go do your empathy with a non-human actor. Go do your empathy with something that's safer and um, less taxing for a while. Don't shut your empathy down, right? Because that's like shutting, like like you said, you're shutting out. You're shutting out the good as well as shutting yourself down. Right. Is go and focus on something else for a while. Do your art and get your skills under you, and then let's come back and be with people. 
What I notice I like with hyper empathic people is they will they will overextend, 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 and then isolate themselves. Yes, the pendulum goes from one side yeah. all the way back to the other side. And isolation isn't the cure. <laughs> it's you know it, it won't it won't make you feel better. Once you're isolated, you may be able to you know get some of your grounding back under you. You may feel a little bit better. But if you don't address what's happening when you're doing your hyperempathy, then you're just going to need to have longer and longer periods of isolation until you're sort of shut down. Right. Yeah. Again, it's about finding that balance. You know, mm-hmm. we are saying that sweet spot, what, what really serves us mm-hmm. in the best possible way. Well, something else that you talk about, you teach about, is how we can use empathy to improve all of our relationships, the ones at home and at the workplace. So I'm interested in knowing more about that. The workplace is a funny, funny place. <laughs> it can be, can't it? <laughs> it can be a, a hoot. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> one of the things I've noticed about the workplace is that something that is is not written on most people's uh, job description, but is an expectation, is that especially for people in public service, uh, in customer service is that people should be able to come to you and get free empathy, right? So, so if I walk into a store, a dog food store, and you're there selling dog food, it doesn't matter what I look like or how much money I have in general, you're going to need to show me that you care about my dog, right? You know, you, you're part of your, it's not just that you're, you're stocking the shelves and you're, you're entering the sales. It's that you need to be there to have empathy for me and to care about me, and to, you know, make my needs your own. And so what I notice is with all that, um, that free empathy going on, where people are doing a tremendous amount of empathy work, but not being paid for it per se, that people can burn out at work without understanding why, right? And if the manager doesn't understand, this is called emotion work, if the manager doesn't understand emotion work and doesn't understand what kind of um, what kind of uh, emotional situation people are under, they can lose employees and they can create a really um, uncomfortable uh, setting simply because they don't understand that people are being asked to be fully empathic all day long with no breaks. That for me is really interesting. So when people talk about burnout, it's not usually because it's hard to stock the shelves or because it's hard to enter sales into the cash register. You know, that's not what burns people out. It's the emotion work that does. So looking at the workplace and seeing what kind of emotion work are you expecting the workers to do, or if you're a worker yourself, what are you being expected to do? If people come at you with anger, are you able to, um, to call them out and say that's unacceptable, or do you have to take it? Or if people come to you with extreme neediness, are you able to get away, or do you have to just stand there and be available for it? Um, do the bosses get to be really angry, but nobody else does? Right? It's like to start looking at the emotional and the empathic um, landscape of the workplace and understand what's going on. I think that's much more important than <laughs> you know, um, whichever new management book is, is out this month that everybody has to read. But it's to understand so right. it, it's, it's yeah. really about uh, cultivating that human connection, and we really are more than five sensory beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so so important, you know, to mm-hmm. be able to 
stay happy, healthy, whole. And um, to me, another quality that's been so vital is um, the discernment. And I guess that's kind of what you're talking about here. It's like, how can we be discerning as to what's going on and how can we take care of ourselves while uh, dealing with uh, other people and our careers or jobs and, and life? How can we mm-hmm. find that balance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it really helps for people to understand, you know, to look at, look at their work life and see what kind of emotion work they're doing. A lot of times people will get home from jobs like that and they will go towards some kind of distraction. Like they will just get online and be online, maybe forget to eat dinner, just to get out of, you know, out of the, that human world and into some place where it's a little bit more controllable or, or where you can just sort of, what would you call it, zone out. Unplug. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just unplug and zone out and, you know, relationships start to fall apart and, you know, they, and people don't even understand. Well, yeah, you're doing full scale empathy um, eight hours a day. So how do you refill yourself? Probably not with the Internet. <laughs> probably, you know. Not the best way. So that's probably a really not. good point you bring up, Carla. How can we refuel our gas tanks? Because, yeah, dealing with people and living with an open heart can take a lot of our energy from us. So how would you suggest maybe refilling and refueling? One of the most important things, I think, for people to refuel is to realize that when you're doing empathic work all day or all your life, you're consistently in a receptive place. You're always receiving, receiving, receiving. And if you aren't expressing to the extent that you're receiving, things are going to sort of fall apart. And the best expression for emotional or empathic um, um, truths inside of you is art, any kind of art, uh, dance, movement, uh, being in nature, anything where you're expressing outward you can start to create a balance in all that receptivity in your life. And when I talk about people who overextend, overextend, and then isolate, isolation isn't expressive. So it's not going to really heal anything. Um, but if there's isolation where you're doing your art or singing or dancing or, or anything, making jewelry, anything where you're able to, to, to express yourself, your emotions, your ideas, your dreams, that is a specific healing practice for highly empathic people. Um, they have to learn how to express as much as they receive. And the one really important thing about the art is it doesn't have to be any good. How <laughs> I say be that all really the time. Bad. Process, <laughs> not product. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be really bad art. <laughs> you know, sing in the shower, uh, anything where you can get the emotions back out and express them in a kind of a, you know, with art is a kind of a, there's a sacred container around it. You know, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's not just you exploding. Rather, it's you bringing yourself out in a kind of a, a ceremonial way. Um, that is one of the most most helpful things for empathic people is get out and dance a silly dance and sing a silly song. Just do it. <laughs> and another thing that comes forward for me as you're talking about this, because I know those things have helped me a lot, is like what maybe did you enjoy as a kid? What brings your inner child joy? And for me, it was art. It was mm-hmm. sitting in nature. You know, those things really, I just love, not because anybody told me I had to. It's like I was just in touch with what brought me joy and creativity and 
in, in any form or fashion, I think, supports us in really lining up more fully with the creator. Yeah. So I think that's some really uh, wonderful advice, wonderful tips and suggestions. Mm-hmm. More art. More art. I, I know when people art. say, oh, I'm not an artist, I'm not creative. I'm like, are you breathing? Well, yeah. <laughs> then you're an aspect of creative intelligence. So you are creative. Yeah. But it doesn't have to look like any particular thing, you know, like you said. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be anything. It's just expressing yourself in whatever way brings you forward fully in the moment. Yeah. yeah I remember when I was little, I was taking dirt clods. They were really cool dirt clods, and I was taking a, a rock and making a scores into the dirt clods, and I made all these weird shapes. And I brought them home, and my mom entered them into an art contest. I was like, Mom, what did you do? <laughs> I was like nine, and they won second prize. Oh, my God. That's a, I love that story so much. She saw the beauty in your creativity, and you were just having a good time. I'm like, they're dirt clods. Don't take them away. That's hysterical. You got a ribbon for them. That's amazing. Oh, my God. That's so cute. Well, Carla, I just love you. We only have a minute here, so do a shout-out. Let people know where they can get a hold of you, get a copy of your book, and just connect with you. Um, yeah, they can get a copy of the book, The Art of Empathy or the Language of Emotions, at um, CarlaMcLaren.com. It's K-A-R-L-A-M-C-L-A-R-E-N. I'm also on Facebook and on Twitter as Carla McLaren. Um, and, uh, oh, on the website, there's a ton of written material. I call myself a, um, a text-based life form, and <laughs> I really love to write. That's my art form. Um, so if there's any questions you have about anything we've talked about, it's probably there on my website. And you really do have a way with words, the written word. It's so, so eloquent. And you're just so much fun. So, thank Carla, thank you so, so, so much for saying yes to this conversation and hanging out with us on Empower Radio. So much fun. And to my listeners, I just, I just love you. Thank you so much for connecting with us. You make my life worth living. So if you want to connect with me more, go to TammyBPhD.com or find me on Facebook. Would love to have a conversation with you. Take care of yourself. God bless. Onward and upward.